When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we've got waterwaystravel.com with us today, Scott, making everybody's travel experiences easier, safer, uh, more predictable, I'd say. Well, you're you're absolutely right. And look, when with waterways, what you get is you get um, experience plus knowledge, and that equals a smooth travel experience. And that's the great thing about waterways. You've got decades of knowledge. You know who should be using waterways? The WSL. <laughs> Holy crap. Between G-Land and El Salvador. Holy cow. They could really have benefited from some knowledgeable uh, forecasting. And yeah, that's the other thing is not only does waterways um, vet out the accommodations and all that sort of stuff, but they're experts at the surf spots at those accommodations. So they can tell you which boards you need to bring, which swells you should be planning for tide condition, wind condition, all that sort of stuff. That's kind of the whole purpose of the business was to build it around surf travel. So don't get skunked. No, sir. Waterwaystravel.com is the website. And then uh, realwatersports.com is the retail website that you should use for any of your surfboard purchasing needs. Of course, they have all the accessories that come with surfboards. For that, you'll save 15% off with a board purchase, but they have a 1,500 board inventory and they can ship you boards anywhere in the world. So realwatersports.com. Real water sports that you were, you're talking about hard goods galore. It's, you know, it's a candy store for surfers and you want to check out realwatersports.com. It's a no, it's a no brainer. If you love surfboards and surf gear. Yeah. Enjoy that. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail, a clean entry. This thing holding open, it spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah, guy. Are you kidding me right now? It's an early morning, David. 6.30 in the morning on Thursday, June 16th. And um, we've got an early start because I have a hard out at 7.30. So I appreciate your uh, making time for me this morning. I'm, I'm glad to bring it, man. We're here for the listeners no matter what time of day. And you have family obligations, Scott. So that's a noble pursuit. We will gladly schedule around that. If you just said I was going golfing, I'd be like, no, 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 no. We can, <laughs> or, or we can Zoom, bring your phone. We'll Zoom from the golf course. But family obligations, we will build around. What if I told you I was playing pickleball? Still not going to accommodate that. <laughs> so uh, let's see. We should probably get into it. It seems like the... The big news is that the WSL is in El Salvador. 
and they are surfing right now as we speak the elimination round and um you know frankly the waves are less than they're less than what a world professional surfing league would hope for now granted look a lot of times mother nature has a say in these things but i will tell you this that um, I've surfed at this spot and I've been down to this region many times. And this, this spot in this region, in my opinion, if you're going to run events here, you need to run events here in the spring, in um, April and in May, <clears throat> preferably April. And if you can, um, March, because this time of year, you get these tropical disturbances down there that spin up crazy winds. And uh, that's what we're seeing here is just early morning onshore winds. And it's not a surprise, you know, um, you come down here in April and you're getting crisp wintry offshore mornings, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Now you can, of course you can get great waves in, in the summertime or great conditions, I should say, you're always going to get South swell, but you know, this kind of speaks to the, you know, to the, let's pick the eyes out of a swell and conditions situation that the WSL has yet to uh, capitalize on or yet to move on or yet to, uh, you know, it's not, it's not just pick the eyes out of the swell. It's planned for the right season. Exactly. That's what I mean. Conditions, pick the eyes out of the conditions and, and I mean, and you know, too, you've, you've surfed down here enough to know that, you know, if you can get a solid South swell in April, you're going to get some beautiful conditions. And it's just, this is a situation where there's just too much tro tropical disturbance. Well, so let's actually pick this apart a little bit because uh, I've never been to G land, but listeners had emailed me as we were discussing that because I was kind of giving the WSL a little bit of a pass going, well, you know, there's a swell before and there's a swell after they happen to put the window in the wrong, they just happen to get a bad window. People are like, no, no, no. If you plan for kind of mid to late June on, you don't go seven days or 10 days was the waiting period. You don't go 10 days without a significant swell. So they planned the event incorrectly. And what you're saying now is they've planned El Salvador incorrectly, not by half a month, but by two months. So that's actually a story. That's a new story. And that's problematic. Well, I, I agree with you. And, and in addition, this event kind of reeks of hey, guess what? The nation state of El Salvador is supporting surfing. They want us to come down. It feels a little crowbarred. It feels like they're like, hey, very they're, giving, much they, they're, they're giving us money. They want to, you know, and so it's like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's like- It's a commercial for El Salvador. Yeah, it's like Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's like, yeah, let's have a friggin' event at, at the Wave Pool in Allentown. They want us there, you know? It's just, you know- they, Again, so the, it is, the wave is great. It's a super, I've surfed it like Jay Bay. I mean, it's incredible if it's offshore and it's just, okay, El Salvador wants us. Let's do it when it's good down there. Not when, you know, we can crowbar it into the schedule. Yeah. The 
commercial aspect of this is very real. And I've not experienced that before in any other WSL CT events. Um, and what you said is accurate. The local or the government or whatever is they invited the WSL. They're trying to rebrand as Surf City. And they're probably giving the WSL money to host the event here. But every single um, like cutaway, they cut away to Chris Cote. Chris Cote calls in and all, all they do is ask Chris Cote about how is the food here? Where did you stay? Tell me about the surf spots. And Chris uh, is doing, I mean, he's a night, he's doing the right thing. He's towing the company line and he's feeding them, uh, feeding them exactly what they're asking for. It's no dis. I mean, Chris didn't do anything wrong. He's answering their questions, but it's very much a commercial. The entire event feels like a commercial. And so when you say crowbarred, that is how I felt as well, which was, wait a second, why are we here in the first place? Shouldn't we be always aiming for putting the best surfers in the best waves. And if we're not, or if we just got the swell window wrong, whatever, but if we're here because of bureaucratic decision-making, that's problematic. If the bureaucratic decision-making became the priority over putting surfers in good waves, that's a huge problem. And it's honestly not the first problem. It's falls right in line with a lot of things that we've been identifying for a couple of years now that create less than interesting events. It's just unfortunate. I mean, if you look, I'm looking at the, the uh, forecast now, I don't know when the last day of the waiting period is to you. Uh, no, but I could figure it out. It looks and like they go they straight to Brazil. Some, some good wins tomorrow. Um, well, the fact that they're running today though. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's just the not, 20th. The 20th not, is the final day. Okay. They got to run today and tomorrow, more or less, or they're going to just get more of this. It, you know, it's, I will say this. I've also looked at G-Land um, just now. The forecast for G-Land for the next week is 8 to 12 feet and perfect. <laughs> like, mm. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I just think we're, it's 2022. I feel like at the end of this year, they need to sit down and somebody needs to be the adult in the room and go, you know, we need to run in, in above average, really good waves all the time. Totally. Or we're not really putting these surfers in the best situation to highlight their expertise. Well, what I'm seeing now is basically, it feels like an NSSA event. Totally. When you see the best surfers in the world totally nullified, like barely getting off a snap or two, and then that gets them a seven or an eight, that's problematic. Yeah, we're seeing one wave aerials getting guys through, you know. And and I don't want to, the problem for the WSL is I am no longer watching. I watched a couple of heats yesterday, and even then I wasn't fully paying attention. Uh, it's not interesting to watch. There's better things to do with my time. And, you know, it's funny, I, I went through the heat analyzer and by about the second heat, as I like scroll down, I'm like, oh, I could watch the Kanoa heat. And then in my mind, I'm like, I already know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, you know, like there's exactly it's and what they're not doing is is pitting themselves against, you know, Mother Nature. Exactly. It's just like, OK, 
Well, it feels uh, sophomoric, like a sophomoric exhibition of what could be. Definitely. Um, the In regard to the event itself, the 11-time world champ, Kelly Slater, pulled out citing injury and that's as that's as vague as it was yeah tyler tyler wright withdrew from the event citing post-covid complications if you'll remember she caught covid after her round one heat at g land yeah um question for you is kelly really injured it looks like he's just staying in bali no he's not injured of course not but i don't know i'm not his doctor maybe he is maybe he has a slight I mean, it's easy to be injured at 50. I'm injured every single day. You know, I, yeah, I wake up yeah. with a thing where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, uh, you know, it's easy to, to legitimately say I have back pain. <laughs> you know what I mean? When right. you're years old and you're surfing as hard as Kelly. So I don't want to sit here and go, but I will say this, if he was in the yellow Jersey, I think he'd be surfing in this event or, or if the waves or, were good. Yeah. If the waves are pumping. Were good. Yeah. So this is a story that, popped up for you and like you and I were texting about this week. Um, and it's something that we totally did not anticipate, but did the cut create apathy for the surfers who aren't going to be in the top five? Because what's happened is everybody who's on tour is now already qualified for next year. Yeah. So there's really no incentive other than your seating for next year yeah. to, show a to show up for events and b to give it your all if you're not going to be in the top five so that top end of the pointy end of the stick is still going to be interesting and competitive and there are stakes but for everybody else there's no stakes and part of the selling point for this cut was the wsl was saying well stakes are high from event one and putting pipeline there, stakes are high. So it's going to be so much more exciting from the get-go, whereas a lot of surfers used to show up at the beginning of the year, find their feet, and then really try to kind of turn it on. Gabriel Medina used to do that. That was what he was famous for. So they're saying now everybody's going to show up and have to be very serious right at the beginning. Well, that was true. But the unforeseen consequence is now post-cut, I feel like people are phoning it in. It does it. Kelly's looking at G or El Salvador going, ah, I don't really have to show up. What happens if I don't show up? I get to stay in Bali, surf more and heal up from whatever nagging injury I've got, you know? Yeah. No, so and he doesn't show up for uh, Rio often. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there either. So this is, this is problematic. I'm watching Ethan Ewing surf and he's actually got a couple of good waves with some, I'm watching the highlights of his heat. Ethan Ewing is absolutely ripping. And um, he really is. This surfing is wave. worth watching right here. But, so. but, but no, tube. only, I mean, you're right. It's the most interesting out of all of this, but we'd way rather see him surfing perfect waves. Yeah. And I don't, we, everyone needs to be surfing in really good waves for me to yeah. tune in. You know, it's like, of course. And the other interesting thing, <laughs> you know, this wave is a super good wave, but I think that, I don't know, the elephant in the room is that all the wastewater from this area gets pumped out right at the top of this point. I've mm -hmm. paddled out here with a white t-shirt on and came in and the t-shirt was brown. And then the Yikes. whole time it was just stinking, like Yikes. the gnarliest, you know, 
But again, I'm not, you know, I sound like I'm like trying to throw shade on the surf city vibe. I want El Salvador to prosper. I want the location to, I'm just telling you what it is. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to be perfectly frank, if, if you or I are going to El Salvador, we're going down to the, to the east end of El Salvador, what they call the east, mm -hmm. which is Punta Mango and Las Flores yeah where it's a lot cleaner and it's yeah yeah um somebody dm'd me about the apathy after the cut and he said the ct basically is now just a qualifying tour for the top five he'll go i'll read more from him but i want to discuss that real quickly is He's right. I feel like this whole cut concept is a baby step towards what we've been talking about for a long time. If we've identified the cut is good, then what are we doing with the first half of the season? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, let's just start with a cut because exactly. that's actually more better. And what he's saying is even more salient, which is let's just start with the top five. This is just a qualifying for the top five so all that we really want to do is get to the final day to watch the top five surfers watch why not let's just do more of that you know and if we're I not going to do entirely that if we all we really want to do is get to the back of the season where we're going to watch the better 16 compare then let's just start with that let's cut out all the bull crap totally agree i, I was just wondering if 12 you know what's the number uh, and, and right. it's, whatever it is let's call it 16 let's call it 12 let's call it whatever well that that needs to be it and totally let's just grind to the top five because you know? as he said the ct is now a qualifying tour for the top five if you can't mathematically make it to the top five then there are zero stakes for the rest of the comps of the year your knees only have so many flexes your heart's only so many beats the number of times a sane human can interact with strider is dangerously unknown <laughs> so what do you what are you going to choose to do with your time <laughs> So I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's, you know, it just does not feel like, uh, you know, what the WSL should be re be representing. You know, like, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't, it's just not, it's not A plus prime competition. Nope. It just isn't. Tis not. Um, speaking of Kelly Slater, whether he's injured or not, did you watch episode one of Lost Reels? No, but I or heard Lost it was, Tapes. I heard it was really good. Oh, really? That's what I heard. I have not seen it, but I heard it was are, pretty good. Are you gonna watch it? I'd like to. Yeah, I'm. I'm a big fan of all things Kelly Slater. He's 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 the man. You know, he's kind of the man. He's kind of like he's gonna be the man forever because he's just got so much legacy and you know. Well, can I tell you about it and our yeah. listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is an 11 part documentary series. Episode one just aired this past week. Uh, it airs on Sunday, by the way. It's being presented by Outer Known, published by the WSL. It interestingly documents the prepping of his uh, getting ready for the 2019 tour. <laughs> so this is really outdated this was him coming back from that foot injury um it i don't know if you remember but way back then or maybe 2018 there was a series i feel like it was a three-parter it was called continuance yes uh, focusing on kelly it was a documentary series on kelly slater 
And it said that there was more episodes coming and then it fully disappeared. And I was like, and they even left a to be continued at the end of, I think episode three, maybe there was four episodes. And I was like, I loved that series. And I was waiting. I think this is the continuance of continuance. Um, (laughs) I do because it's made by the same guy, Alec Parker is the guy's name. And I was not familiar with him previously and I liked his work. So I was eager to see more. This is that I believe, because it's follows the exact same timeline and trajectory that they were already on. So I don't know why they held it for three or four years, but here it is. And it, I agree with what you heard is that it is pretty good. Um, It's not particularly insightful or revealing in any way. But it is nice just to follow along with Kelly Slater and see what Kelly Slater does, you know, see his little training regimes. Um, Kind of, I feel like he and Alec developed a bit of a rapport. So he's talking to the camera a lot of the times and it feels very natural. Um, I do feel like Kelly probably has oversight on the production. And so, again, it is glowing. It's not revealing necessarily, but it is just nice to tag along, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, even though it's probably, you know, there's, if it's produced by Outer Known and it's a WSL thing, it's not going to be overly conflicted. It's just going to be no. a deep look at some of the stuff that Kelly does and how he prepares. And that's, that's fine. I and have an interesting is- little, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I have, I have an interesting little conspiracy theory. I love it. And that's Let's all it. it is. It's pure conspiracy. Um, doesn't have any validation or but Kelly Slater has a some I want to say it's a 71% winning percentage and Gabe Medina has a 67% winning percentage could it be David that Kelly isn't surfing to kind of because he sees this he wants to maintain this winning percentage I think it's the the highest winning percentage ever in the history of the WSL. He doesn't want to lose it to Gabe. So why not just in addition to the waves being complete crap and the conditions being blown out, why not just kind of decide that your back hurts and surf Bali and not have to lose any more of that winning percentage to your, what is really, I would think is arch rival in Gabe Medina. I agree with this theory. I do believe that is exactly what he is doing. He has every title in the book and he's not willing to concede a single one. And so, yeah. yes, he ran the numbers. That's exactly what he's doing. And Good by call. the way, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't what care you if he's do not surfing win. here. Yeah. I don't care if he's not surfing here at all. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you will find from watching that continuing series is he's kept, he's treated his body so well that it's really inspirational to watch. You watch him go through his little routines and you're like, Ooh, yeah, you're right. I should be stretching every single morning. Oh, he's, he's drinking that beverage instead of, you know, eating a big heavy meal. You're right. I should probably be doing that for breakfast instead, you know, uh, Pilates, look at how much range he has of motion, all of these things. Uh, breath holding, swimming, like cross training stuff, all of these little things add up, you know, and I'm not even doing a single one of them, or I am, I'm doing very few of them. (laughs) And he's doing 12 of them a day. And he's older than me. It's like, man, 
I got to get my act together. It's really inspirational. He's mixing his own baby formula. He's doing all he sorts is. of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised stuff. if he's drinking that baby formula too. Why not? <laughs> um, the other epiphany that I had and makes this series worth watching. Yeah. Think, think about this. We have not seen Kelly free surfing in the last decade. When I was growing up, 70 to 80% of all of the surfing I saw of Kelly Slater was free surfing because there were so many surf videos that featured him. Yeah. Nowadays, 80% of what I see of him is contest surfing. And I rarely ever see him free surfing. And if it is, it's like, oh, some warm up session in Hawaii. You never really see a full edit on Kelly Slater where, or you certainly don't see one where he's actually putting together a part yeah. like he used to back in the days yeah. or like Gabriel Medina does now, or John, John does now or anything like that. And so watching him free surf in this was incredibly inspiring. I was yeah. like, I was like, holy cow, Kelly surfs. I mean, it sounds silly to say yeah. Kelly surfs incredibly. And Kelly surfs so creatively. And I was like, man, how come he's not doing that in a heat? Oh yeah, it's because he's surfing in the confines of a heat nine times out of 10 when I see him. And so he's trying to tick boxes and it feels forced. But when you watch him in this and he's just free surfing, he's taking really interesting lines. He's just like standing there and waiting for a minute or two. And then go, and it just looks like jazz. Yeah in the best possible way. It really yeah. reignited what I loved about Kelly Slater for decades. You know, I totally agree with you. You make a great point. We, and it's why when you think about it, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, what's that road trip series they did on stab. What's it called again? Drive through. Uh, drive through. Thank you. Remember when we watched Kelly on the East coast, but yeah. not at Sebastian, but at the um, new Smyrna. Or, yeah. Like, all eyes were glued on Kelly. He kind of owned that session. And I, and I was kind of, you kind of pinpointed why I was so engaged in it. And it's because I don't really see Kelly surf as much as we used to see Kelly surf. It's so interesting, it was like, right? wow, let's every, like I was much more focused on what he was doing and he absolutely owned that. I mean, there was some great surfing going on. Don't get me wrong, but you could tell he was inspired by the younger guys. And he was also like, look, look at me. I'm still the guy to beat, you know? Yeah. He really was too in those sessions. He did the best air in both the sessions that I remember. And his like backside Rios were insane, kind of upside down, hitting big closeouts. Um, but it's an epiphany that I had that we haven't had the pleasure of watching him free surf. And I think that it hasn't done him any favors with his fan base because you and I are surf fans at the core. And so we talk about all of the superfluous stuff people's personalities, decisions they're making, blah, blah, blah. But we're fans at the core. And so if the person we're talking about is a phenomenal surfer, then it wins us over every time. Just like Gabriel Medina wins us over, you know? Um, Kelly Slater has not let that part of his personality be shown for the last eight or nine years, I feel. And so, man, it was refreshing to see. You're right. We want to see the jazz. We want to see the jazz. And, and you, you bring up some probably the most important part of everybody's surfing style. And it's it's the pauses. You know, it's the moments in between. Mm -hmm. It's the quiet times on the wave that really sets you apart. You know, we're all doing top turns. But 
you know, what are we doing between those moments? And it's kind of like Neil Peart from Rush, the drummer once said, you know, it's when he was talking about drum beats and he took a lesson from some master drummer and the master drummer guy, I forgot his name, was basically saying, you know, my time is based on the silence, mm -hmm. which is like next level shit, you know, and that's kind of where Kelly's at and others too that are, you know, like Tom Curran. Yeah. And even guys like Dave Rostovich and Rob Machado and anybody with a really great style, they're thinking about, they're not thinking about it, it's Zen, but there's, you know, quiet, the quiet moments are what sets you apart. Completely. Um, another little story, there's not much to report here, but it's worth noting. Uh, the WSL is yes. going to be producing a, a scripted series with the production team that made make or break the apple plus series yeah so box to box films had such success with that that they've entered into an agreement they feel that there's a need to make a scripted series i have no idea what this will be the wsl hasn't even stated anything um other than the fact that the deal is made and so they're going into pre-production for that Nothing was also stated about where this would ultimately live. So we don't know if this will be an Apple Plus series, a Netflix series. It may just end up on the WSL's website. Uh, do you have any thoughts at all on a scripted surfing series from well, Box a, to Box I'm a little the bit, WSL? Yeah, I'm a little bit ignorant about what that means, sadly. I should probably know. But when I, I think to myself, scripted, is that like a feature length? Not necessarily. Fictional thing? because Fictional, yes. Fictional. Scripted, fictional. Well, feature length generally means film, so 90 minutes. Yeah, not film. feature length, but I mean, this yeah, is, so this is They're calling it a series, so it would probably be 20, 22 or 30 minute, um, you know, 10 episode series. But yes, fictional. And why does the WSL have a part in it? Like, I, I don't well, understand. Why are, my question is, did anybody ask for this? Does anybody want this at all? <laughs> I got a feeling that this is like, you know, they had success. They went out to lunch and Elo's like, let's, what about this? You know, and probably Elo had an idea and I don't know. I don't know how it came to be, but I don't really understand it. And uh, frankly, I don't, I, I'm into scripted stuff, you know, but it doesn't have to be about surfing. I don't really want to, me personally, I'd rather watch Larry David. You know, like if that I'm going to watch scripted stuff, I want, I want something they, that's actually cleverly written. And, and you know what I mean? Like I want, which is their land, goal, of course. You know what I mean? I, yeah. want, I want Peaky Blinders. And yeah. guess what? I, please don't crowbar surfing culture into it because you're going to screw it up. So, I, the reason why this is a topic or a news story is I really feel like they've lost the plot completely. Every time they advertise, whether it was the ultimate surfer last year or this, I am confounded to figure out what the angle is here or how this services the WSL's goal, which I know their goal is making money. This is a losing venture. That can't be a goal. That's the problem. Is that well? Well, no. I think that's a fine a business that should be your goal if you are, are in business. But I as we think that's true with the WSL, let's be clear. 
the WSL's goal should be to crown champions, the best surfers in the world and the best waves in the world. That's their goal. If they can't make money doing that, then they need to get out of the business of professional surfing. Well, both the goal you stated and I stated have nothing to do with a scripted series. I agree. So, I totally yeah. agree. Totally so agree. I, I see this news and I just want to face in palm, just be like, are you freaking kidding me? First of all, it's been tried over and over and over again, and there's barely any successful examples of it. You know, um, well, my thing is, let's say it's highly successful. Let's say it wins 35 Emmys and is better than The Sopranos. So what? That's not what you're here to do. You're here to right. We're still waiting to. Happens. We're still right, waiting to see Gabe and John John at Cloudbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, was pumping last week. They could have had an event. <laughs> yeah. They could have had a purple blob tour event there, and been, they would have nailed it. Yeah. And oh, by the way, if you re- if you're reading this news and you're on, like, say, the World Longboard Tour, you're just going face hand in face, <laughs> shaking your head, going, um, "Could you please have some events at Noosa or somewhere good, yeah. or give a shit about us, or let yeah. us go? Please just clip us and let us die a quick death over here." Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm kind of all out until they wrap their heads around putting 12 surfers in really epic waves for a day or two, eight events of which lead up to the top five at, at eight to 10, eight to 10 foot pipeline. Completely. The recipe is pretty simple. It's so simple. It doesn't involve a scripted, you know, like I said, I, I hope it's a great show, but it doesn't matter to me. It's like, you know, who else puts out great shows? You know, whoever, you know, like name it, you know, Larry David. Um, which he does. And that would be incredible if they put something out <laughs> as good as Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's about mid-length surfers. It would be insane. <laughs> but no, they won't. They absolutely will not. Real quick. I love my AG1. You know why? nutrients supplements good stuff for you look at david's is empty he's already had his and it's not even 6 31 in the morning 7 31 in the morning that's AG1, why this sh- athleticgreens.com slash surf that's why this show was so sharp scott is because i ingested it at the beginning i right. didn't want to hold out until the end of the show and give you a dud of a show but yeah athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal go get some athletic greens When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 
2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's LinkedInjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Somebody sent me a note note that Aaron Brooks, the young phenom, goofy-footed phenom Aaron Brooks, is now surfing for Canada yeah. as she prepares for the Olympics. And the tangential now behind that, you know, well, the tangential story is Adriana DeSouza is now coaching for Italy. So I wanted to ask the question for you is, um, does it feel like, what are the ethics involved in this? What are the ethics involved in this is if you have a percentage of some other country and surfing for that country might allow you to, you know, uh, certainly make the team and then have more favorable standing. I think Is it's it worth it. I think you? you need to have a passport. I think you need to be a citizen of the country. And maybe she is. I don't know. You know? Yeah. But, you know, it's just, we're just muddying the waters of, of the whole, like, who do you really care about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just old and naive, but it feels to me like if you're born in the United States and you're a United States citizen, that's who you serve for. And well, if you want Cano- to move to Canada and become a Canadian citizen, that's fine. And maybe you can get dual citizenship and that's fine too. Yeah. Like if you're going to go to that lake to become Irish, which I think is kind of cool then go surf for Ireland, you know, right. whatever. Cause, but to be yeah. Irish, you kind of do need to have some ancestry. I agree with you wherever, like for Kanoa Igarashi surfing for Japan, that makes a little bit more sense to me because he actually was born there. His, he identifies as, yeah. you know, Japanese and all that stuff. And so, and he has so many ties there and his parents are from there. So that makes sense. Even though he's been living in California for the majority of his life, it makes sense that he would surf for Japan. Does the but if you're family just, have a Canadian connection i I don't know her backstory at all but it gives but we have seen this happening uh we saw it happen in the last olympics where yeah people have i mean i think it's aton aton osborne is surfing for israel you know and he's californian he's from california he's as american as they come essentially and so um it's an interesting topic anyway. I mean, it must be on some level, the ISA or somebody must be going, hey, let's try to even out the competition with all of these nation states so it's more exciting. So so that, you know, Canada can win a bronze at the ISA World Games or whatever, you know, like, because right now it seems to always be, you know, Australia, Brazil, USA, um, France, you know, like sort of yeah. the same five nation states that kind of dominate the scene. Yeah. And, you know, but even that's kind of like, you know, ethically, you kind of go, well, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on Adriano getting hired on as coach for Italy? Not really. I mean, look, these nation states in the Olympics forever have been hiring, you know, 
non-nationals to serve to coach for national teams you know yeah um i mean i think pt coached china yeah for a while and but i think if you're surfing for the nation state like i'm i mean because maybe the brooks family has a canadian connection you know i just want to know you know does she have a favorite hockey team? Like, if she can't tell me her favorite <laughs> hockey team right away, then you're, you know, like, no, you don't pass the litmus test, you know? If you're not immediate, immediately saying, you know, Edmonton Oilers, the great one, Gretzky, you know? Yeah. If you don't know who McLeod is, you're out. Yep, totally. What's your favorite What's maple syrup? I don't even know his name. McDavid? But red hot young phenom for Edmonton. He's a pretty good player. Um. I was watching Dylan Graves does this series for Vans um, called breaking waves or yeah, break. Yeah. Breaking. Yeah. Breaking waves. And he interviewed Adriana de Souza about um, the Brazilian kind of lack, how long it took for the Brazilians to really get respected and accepted. It was really interesting. I mean, I remember it when it was happening and I did feel some sort of reticence towards certainly him just mainly because of his style, but it's interesting to look at in hindsight, very little hindsight. It very much looks racist. And he was Adriano to hear him talk about it. He was like, what do I have to do? He's like, I was winning. I think he said he won 13 events. He's like, I was winning events consistently I was doing crazier aerials. I was showing up earlier, staying late. Magazines would not put me in the magazine. Yeah. And he's like, and I would win it. And then they would talk about second place because Chloe Andino got made the final. They'd talk yeah. about Chloe Andino the whole time. Yeah. Chloe Andino still hasn't won an event. You know, Adriano yeah. was like, like, what do I have to do? And then I won a world title. And they still didn't talk about me. He's like, it was Kelly, crazy. Because Kelly caught, broke the internet with a wave in Lamore. Exactly. The very next day. And in addition to just not talking about him, couldn't get sponsorship. You know, he's like, I'm literally winning events and world titles. And well, they look, it speaks to, first of all, back then, it, it speaks to the surf media not really being journalistic. Like, Surfer and Surfing Magazine, say what you will about them, but at the end of the day, they're just marketing vehicles for the brands. And if the brands oh, yeah. aren't going to support Adriano, they're not, the, the magazines aren't going to go front and center with an Adriano profile. Well, the racist detail embedded within there is they think that they're selling, those brands want to sell product and they're like looking at, Southern California or the coastal United States going, Hey, these are young white dudes. So let's market to young white dudes. The thing that they overlooked and people have now figured out is you could sell a lot more product if you're not just focusing on the same exact demographic over and over. So let's put a different gender in the ad. Let's put a different skin tone in the ad. And then all of a sudden they're now developing markets internationally, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, like, you know, if Sports Illustrated covered surfing, you'd see a big story about what we're talking about right now. But totally, because it's all endemic media, it's just really uh, incestual. Yeah, completely. Um, I've got a little conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. 
bring it. This is the conspiracy episode. So this came in from a listener and he said, you guys often discuss the need to have real journalism in surfing um, to reveal inner, inner workings of the surf world. Well, Josh Burke's inclusion in the El Salvador event is a prime example of the need for surf journalism. Kelly pulls out, Josh goes in. How was this decision made? Josh didn't even qualify for the Challenger Series. He was not the next in line. He was also just given a free pass into, man, into the Manly event, even though he did not qualify. Slater and Josh's dad are good friends. A billionaire wannabe a WSL board member now has a house in Barbados and has become besties with the Burks. Each time, each gets something from this relationship. I'll let you do the math. The WSL needs to be transparent about these things. How was it decided to insert Josh? Josh is an excellent surfer. He's a great person. Um, I have nothing against Josh. I'm stoked to see him on the international stage. And I actually hope that he wins the event. But seriously, WSL, what is up? Wow, that's interesting. So I didn't know anything about that. Um, but I did wonder, I was surprised when I saw Josh Burke's name. Of course, I know we know who Josh is. He is an excellent surfer, and, and he has tons of uh, amateur credentials. You know, he's won events. Um, he's legit. I mean, he's won probably one challenge, or, or at least QS events down in Barbados for sure. Um, but that's very well, interesting. Like, like do the math. A WSL board member moves in next door to the Burks, but he's like it's. It all kind of adds up, doesn't it? Like, why? Why Josh Burke? Who was next in line? Well, I. And why I isn't do, that guy raising hell? Yeah, well, the WSL. I don't. I think he's raising hell because he doesn't even know that he was next in line. Probably, I think I did hear one of the commentators <laughs> state that Josh Burke was the number one ranked uh, Central America, whatever, like uh, oh, regional, right, whatever right. regional thing they have. Yeah, but. Yeah. But I don't think that that's the how they generally pick wild cards. Right, right. Like What's that may ball? be true, but that's yeah. not the policy because right. well, they've yeah. not implemented that policy in the past. We'd like to see what the policy is. Right. Is that too much so, to ask? Well, it's too I'm much to ask I'm actually watching Josh Burke right it. now, right? He's surfing against Elo. And what frankly is an important heat for Elo, like if Josh Burke was to beat Elo right here, man. That and he could, be... by the way, because he surfed incredibly well yesterday. Um, yeah, that would really do some damage to Elo's top five, you know. Well, so there is some storyline in this back half regarding this is a qualifier for the top five, but it also means that there's only like 10 guys that can qualify for the top five. Yeah. So the bottom 10, it's kind of like you're just playing spoiler. Totally. Uh, by the way, I will tell you, Idolo's death nail he posted we see a lot of these posts on instagram where dudes fall in love and then they post something romantic <laughs> to their partner oh my god i know it's like the bold and the beautiful soap opera it's like <laughs> Idolo's was the cringe to end all cringe like they all do it like oh look at my beautiful model that I'm dating. yeah exactly Idolo's was the ultimate sappy one it was just like <laughs> look it's I, I i used to think selfies were you know embarrassing but 
What's worse than that is when you have it perfectly lit with a professional photographer and you're yeah. holding a pose. And that's what Idolo's was. It was like all these moody shots. He's got his head down to the side. She's resting on him. It was just like, it was all staged and set up. It was a legit professional photo shoot. His abs are glistening, you know, and it's like, she's gorgeous. There's no yeah. question about it, but yeah. geez, Louise, if this is the, this is the opposite of you showing up at El Salvador trying to win a world title, dude. And so I think I think the writing's on the wall. That would um, be a good little, like one of the little moments in our sitcom, you know, that they do for the <laughs> scripted show is you just have a bunch of sappy stuff go down. Like, like, you know, like maybe one of the participants in the photo has diarrhea, you know? And so they got to yeah. like, because you get, you know, you get a little tropical stomach thing going and totally. who knows i don't know but i mean there's so the thing you could do some really great comedy but the thing is you don't need surf to do it like you could the thing about putting surf in script is that you're it limits you you're limited yeah. like you, yeah. you want to be able to go to the middle of the country and do funny shit you know and, yeah well uh i can't help but now want it to be a larry david-esque curb your oh, yeah. enthusiasm thing yeah um do you remember surfers are the was, worst? That's what it should be called. It really should be called. That'd be amazing. Do you remember? I think it was last season, episode one. Curb your enthusiasm had gone away. They actually retired. And then they came back after a couple of years. In episode one, Larry David, who's a curmudgeon, doesn't want to, he's antisocial, he doesn't want to be around people. He's constantly annoyed by LA life. Yeah. He realizes. If he wears a Trump make America great again, red hat, everybody leaves him alone. <laughs> so he so he shows up at the sushi bar and there's like not a lot of seats. So he pulls out the hat, puts it on. Everybody's offended and like clears a path for him. And he sits down and has lunch by himself. Then his agent, who is Jeff Garland, you know, a big yeah. kind of fat guy. Yeah. They see them hanging out and people run people think he's harvey weinstein because <laughs> he looks like harvey yeah so it was just so so funny and walked such a fine line between like you can't do that on tv isn't it too early to make a harvey weinstein joke you know what i mean but the way that they walked it was just so freaking perfect yeah it was amazing that yeah. show is so good it is amazing it's yeah. hard to i can only watch one at a time have i told you that before no, I get no. so embarrassed for Larry David. Like I, I feel oh, the really? embarrassment. Like I'm just like it's it's it, it's emotionally draining for me to watch more than that's one amazing. Episode. Yeah, well, and that is the complete genius of the show is Larry David is the punchline. So the the writer and creator of the show is the punchline of all of the jokes, which is why they're allowed to joke about you know, Harvey Weinstein and MAGA, MAGA hats or whatever else. Um, he cannot get out of his own way. He sets up something at the beginning. And in the end, he trips himself. You know, you know what I was, I was on Twitter last week and um, somebody chimed in and go, and it was basically like, not kidding you. This really happened. I was at like a bowling alley in LA, like kind of a hip bowling alley in LA and I'm behind Larry David, who's buying, who's getting something like, I think he's renting shoes or something. Amazing. And it's, and it's 11 bucks to rent the shoes. 
and pure, like just straight out of the show, Larry David's like, why is it 11 bucks? Why isn't it 10 bucks? You know, and, and the lady's like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, that's interesting that it's 11 bucks because that means I have to give you a 20 and then you give me change and you probably expect a tip. If it was just 10 bucks, I could just give you a $10 bill. And like Larry David literally in real life without anyone knowing that somebody was listening behind him was doing a full on Larry David thing. Oh, where he was giving the gosh. chick a, a hard time because it was 11 bucks, assumptively suggesting yeah. that they wanted a tip because of it. That is so funny. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. He seems miserable to be around. Like he would not want to be his wife, you know, but I funny also for saw us. a thing between him and Phil Mickelson because Larry's a big golfer. And there was a, a funny little skit on Phil Mickelson's, I think his Instagram or something where he and Larry David are talking and, and they're just going at it. They're like nipping at each other. Like, it's really actually quite funny. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher it if I try to recreate it, but um, you know, very clever for sure. Yeah. Um, well, one other thing that we need to let listeners know is for our paid supporters, we're giving away an album free wing nice. on July 1st. So you got two weeks to get entered to win this thing. And a couple of words from Matt Parker about this board. If you blur your eyes, it's almost, it almost looks like it's a short board. It's not that much wider. Volume wise, it carries about 1.5 liters more than an equivalent short board, just in a slightly shorter package. Uh, performance outline with a fuller nose and a late wing into a squash tail. The wing allows you the more width that runs through it to kind of create more drive for speed, but that breaking point in the wing frees it up for maneuverability. It has a shortboard foil and shortboard rails, but a relaxed rocker. You can ride it with your favorite thruster setup or twin, larger twin fins plus one little trailer fin in the back. So this is that Jack Freestone's cool. new model. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to check it out. I'm a big fan of, of Matt's whole trip, man. His, his aesthetic. Every time I see an album surfboard, I'm, it, it, you know, it makes you kind of like raise your eyebrow and go, wow, that I want to, I want to give that one a go. You know, there's something about his aesthetic. That's just, it's appealing, very appealing. Totally. Um, <clears throat> and the, the team that he's developed just resonates with guys like you and I so much because Josh Kerr getting off tour, you know, it's like, it's the, what we identify with is aging beyond the pointy thruster and what's next. And so Josh Kerr getting off tour and writing those boards that are a little bit more user-friendly, but still surfing them to the highest possible level. What Asher Pacey is doing on twin fins and now seeing Jack Freestone go through that same evolution, this is just like a slight modification from a shortboard in the direction of more foam and more user friendliness and more forgiving. But still, you watch him surf it, and he's doing backside full rotation airs on it, so it still still shreds, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, five bucks a month, you could support our work, invest in the future of the show secure the archives for future generations and potentially win an album free wing. Absolutely. Album free wing. Well, David, it's been a good show. Um, I don't know what else, what else? Well, I want it. I want you to hit the boardroom show. 
the Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks, a long and loyal sponsor, U.S. Blanks, and we're honoring Timmy Patterson and the icons of foam. I'll be doing a podcast with Tim maybe next week. I think we have it planned for. Awesome. And of course, there's going to be a lot going on there. The Timmy's going to have eight shapers replicating his classic designs in a, a competition that honors Timmy Patterson. And uh, we will also have um, the boardroom talks, which will be um, insightful, informative, engaging discussion. Um, live music, of course, Zio Bafo Organic Wines is going to um, be uh, sponsoring and presenting the best in show, which this year is uh, the category big wave gun. So if you, Sweet. any, and any board builder in the world is allowed to enter this, there's uh, something like $4,000 in cash and prizes and, um, and free ride. The movie is going to be looping. I'm hoping to get, I really would like to get rabbit and Sean and Mark Richards at the show to have a discussion about free ride. The movie Bill Delaney's epic movie from the seventies. Uh, in Hawaii, which really from 75 to 77, that era, those two years there, that busting down the door era, um, his movie was uh, all time classic and it's never been put out digitally. So it's the very first time it was never on VHS tape. It was never, it was only on celluloid film. And so for the first time ever, they're, uh, they've gotten together and um, done a remaster of that movie. And that's going to be looping. And of course, um, a lot of other fun stuff going on at the uh, Boardroom International Surfboard Show, basically a massive hall filled with super killer surf goods, surfboards, wetsuits, fins, gear, art, uh, and a ton of fun. So check what it out. What are the dates? October 8th and 9th, October 8th and 9th, 2022 at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Awesome. Um, when you interview Timmy Patterson next week, ask him how he feels about his main team writers, uh, Ab, posts on and girlfriend posts on Instagram. I will. I'll ask Timmy about that. Does he feel like, like Idolo's girlfriend is going to thwart Idolo's world title hopes for this year? I don't know. I'm watching a replay right now and he's Idolo's kind of getting it on. He's, but I will say this. Gabe Medina is looks so much better than anybody else. It, it totally, it's, it's, it really speaks to that initial email that we read today like let's just cut the crap and get the top 10 guys together for three hours in epic waves and have four heats of three or you know whatever it is whatever the format is what's interesting about gabe is he hasn't even turned on yet i know he looks like he's playing with it like he's toying like he's like this is just a little warm-up session i'm not even really stretched no he really he hasn't and you watch him and he just puts it a six on the board surfing at 20 percent which is incredible it really is amazing it's funny how much of a fan you and i have become of him if you rewind this show five years we were trying to find reasons to hate him despite him getting like multiple tens every event we're still anti and he's totally won us over yeah it's funny like you almost feel like if he really put his head down and I mean, in a weird way, I, if he would almost make the statement, like, I'm gunning for 12 world titles. Yeah. Like, he could kind of do it. Like, if he grinded for, you know, t- 
14 more years, he could probably <laughs> get to 12. What has he got? Two or three now? He's got two. He's got two. He should but already wait. Five. Wait. No, three. Was last year three? Man, the fact that you and I don't know this off the top of my head, it's kind of blowing my mind. I, the thing is, information is hard to find in my brain when we're on air. You know what I mean? It's like we know the information, but yeah, um, I think he has three. Yeah, last year was three. Could he get um, to 12? I think if, if I think what he needs to do is put it out there. Like, you know what? Just make a just be bold, like own it. Like, I'm going to beat Kelly Slater. Like that would create years and years and years of of storyline as long as he kind of did like get three in a row and he got to six and like it's doable you know what though um there's a million variables that can interfere and i think that his strategy is to get 12 but it's to do it one step at a time on the down low he's pacing it he's pacing it by the way he won three world titles one in 2014 2018 and 2021 All right, well, um, look, I got to go. Until next time, David, adios and aloha. It's always summer in the southern state Where I'm behind the moon, floating in space But I'm not in hiding, just trying not to be found So when I hear my name, I never turn around It's broken, but in a place I can't find.